Amen. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Uh, if you will, take your Bibles. Just remain standing while we read one verse of Scripture. We're going to read from St. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John, uh, the 10th chapter and the first verse, St. John 10 and 1. Amen. St. John 10 and 1. I'm believing today that the Spirit of the Lord would just sweep over this building and every heart would be touched by the move of the Spirit and you would be refreshed in your spirit. You know, it's important when you go to church to feel like, well, I've been to church when you leave. Amen. And I trust the Lord will do that for you today in your heart. If you will help me today, I appreciate your prayers. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, he said, the same is a thief and a robber. Everybody say in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to preach to you today that there's no shortcuts to uh, serving God and living for the Lord. Uh, man has always, this has been the, the dilemma of man, and uh, that he always wants to try to come up, figure out some other way. We always want to get good value at uh, a great price, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with uh, doing that. But we all have lived long enough to know a number of people in this building, and we can say it to the youth today, that you, uh, you get pretty well what you pay for in life. You know, we're always looking for that bargain and, and looking for a good deal and a cut and, 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 and it's, it's prudent that we would do that. We should be good stewards over what God has given to us. And we are, should uh, do our best to make sure we get value for what we pay for, for a dollar. But when you go beyond uh, a certain point, then you realize that part of the quality of it has been taken away. Uh, that you didn't get the uh, quality that you thought. And I want to tell you today that is true in the kingdom of God and living for God. There is a price to be paid. And I want you to enjoy the price instead of dread the price and hate the price and resist the price. Amen. We've found joy in the price and in paying the price. Praise God and thank God for it today. The Bible teaches us this. Jesus spoke these words. He said, search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The apostle Peter, inspired by the Holy One, penned these words, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, think about this now, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinner appear? Where shall the ungodly and the sinner? What's going to happen to them? Amen. So you see, there is a, there is a way. It seems right, but uh, we must search for the true plan and we must do the will of God. It's the reason this, Jesus told us to search the Scripture. Because in your mind, you can think, well, that sounds rational and that sounds like it ought to be. And so many people have based their salvation and their convictions on, well, I, I think that's all right. It looks all right to me. It sounds all right to me. And, and, uh, and I honor you today, and I'm not trying to be uh, harsh or, or mean-spirited or any of those things, but... At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what I say or what I think or what anybody else thinks. Amen. It really counts as what thus saith the Word of God. I mean, you can study life and it can ever seem, well, man, that just seems so right. I mean, there's no way that could be wrong. But uh, that is not the way we should weigh something, whether it's right or wrong. 
We should weigh it according to the Word of God. We should be students of the Bible. And again, that's why I thank God for our preaching times, teaching times in the church here on Sunday morning, uh, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and then thank the Lord for Truth uh, College where we have this Bible time to study the Word of the Lord. And every time you study or you're here preaching, you are to hear it with an open mind and an open spirit, desiring to learn something that you could be wrong. You know, it's possible that we could be. And we should search the Scripture because it's possible to think that you've got eternal life when you do not have. And then if the righteous would scarcely be saved, then where would the sinner and the ungodly appear? Help us, God. Give us that spirit within us that says, Lord, I'm willing to pay the full price. I'm willing to step up to the plate. I'm willing to do. If it's in the Bible, just count me in. If it's in the Bible, just count me in. Amen. Thank God for the Bible today the word of the Lord and studying the word of God and, uh, and Lord let it, let, it, let it be the controlling factor in our opinion and our thoughts and just because that time has went on and things have changed and things have shifted Lord don't allow that to affect our mind amen, and, and how we view the word of the Lord Sin, can I tell you today, is still sin. Amen. Amen. Uh, doesn't matter who does wrong, what kind of morals uh, leaders have, it does not make it right. Doesn't matter if men want to marry, it does not make it right. Amen. Thank God for the truth of the word of the Lord and may it forever be established in our heart. Help us, God, to be a people that says, hey, Amen. We're not looking for a bargain table religion. We're not looking for a cut or a deal. We're looking for what the Bible says. Amen. We're looking for the Word of God. Hallelujah. And in order to, to do His will, there must be an altar in your life. It began way back in the book of Genesis. In fact, the first time that the word altar is in the Bible it was in Genesis, the 20th chapter, 8th chapter, the 20th verse. The Bible said that Noah built, built it an altar unto the Lord. Noah built an altar. Then you come right on down and you follow uh, the hand of God upon these men. Abram that God called out from among his people. And he started out, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, Unto thy seed will I give the land. And there builted he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. He's building an altar. Amen. Everywhere he goes, he's building an altar. Then the Bible said again in the next chapter, 13th and the 4th verse, unto the place of the altar which he had made there at first, and there Abram called on the name of the Lord. He went back and he built an altar where he had built it at first went back. The Bible talks about us doing our first works and our first love and going back to where we started in God. And Abram went back to that place. He had journeyed. He had went into Egypt. He came back out of Egypt. When he came back out of Egypt, he went right back to the same place where he had built that first altar and he built another altar unto the Lord. Amen. Then again, Abraham, here is the test of test upon Abraham. The Bible said they came to the place, talking about Isaac and his son, which God hath told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Here is Abraham, uh, an altar is in his life. The, the really the greatest treasure that he has got, and that is his son. He takes that only son, Isaac, the promised child, the seed child, and, and God tells him, go up on the mountain, Abraham, and he takes his son up on the mountain, 
and up on that mountain, he builds this altar. His son on the way said, Father, you know, we've got the fire and we've got the wood, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham spoke through faith, and he was talking about Jesus Christ when he said these words. The Lord himself shall send, amen, a sacrifice, a lamb. And thank God it was the lamb of God. But God tested his spirit, and he cared Abraham. Abraham went to that altar. He laid that son on that altar. And the Bible said he bound his son to the altar. And then he took the knife to thrust it through his son, knowing that God was able to raise him from the dead. But here is the steps of faith that Abraham took. He drew back that knife, and when he did, the angel called out to him, the Lord speaking to him. And he said, uh, I know now, Abraham, that you will do my will. I know now, Abraham, that you will trust me. And he said, there is a lamb over here, and he's caught in the thicket to be that sacrifice. Oh, God. You know what? Isaac was a type and a shadow of, you know. He was a type and a shadow of the flesh. The flesh has to be bound to the altar. You have to bind this flesh to the altar. There will be times in your life when you see the knife coming and you will see God dealing with your spirit about consecrations and dedications that if you're not careful, you will flinch from the altar. You will come off that altar. You'll jump off and run off. But uh, God wants to bind us to the altar. Amen. He wants us to be on that altar, bound to the altar, committed to the altar, that we're going to do the will of God. Amen. You know what I'm talking about today? I'm talking about how do you connect man. Everybody say man. Everybody say God. How do you connect the two? You know where you connect the two at? You connect them at the altar. That's where you find God. You find God at the altar. That is the connecting point on this earth. Amen. To get man to God. Amen. They meet at the altar. The altar that you build. That altar of consecration. And this is why Abraham knew it was important. Noah knew it was important. And Abraham continued to build these altars. And when God would speak to him, he just followed through and did the will of God. Then you see Abraham's son, Isaac, and the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. He said, Isaac, this is the reason I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for your dad's sake. And the Bible said he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged a well. Amen. You know what happens when dad digs an altar? Son will dig an altar. Amen. And it was, the promise was to be handed down. He said, this is the reason you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed because you're the seed of Abraham. And then he had watched his dad. He had experienced it with him. Oh, God, let our children experience the altar. Somebody said, don't preach about hell. Don't preach about judgments. Don't be scaring my children. Yeah, and you'll take them out on Halloween night and let them dress up in goofy, crazy things and scary things and blood hanging everywhere. Amen. But that's all right. That's acceptable. They'll show them all kind of horrible movies and allow them to watch the horror of this world, and that's all right. But don't preach about hell. Don't preach about the devil. Don't preach about sin. Don't preach about that God judges sin. Amen. That's wrong. Don't you do that. Uh, Hallelujah. I want to tell you what. uh, You better teach them the fear of God. Thank God for daddy and mothers that bring their children to the house of God. Amen. And then bind them to the altar and say, hey, son, daughter, we want to live for God. We want the blessings upon us. We want the hand of God upon us. We want God. God bless your mother. Amen. God bless your grandmother, grandfather. God has blessed me, 
and I want to pass that blessing down. Amen. I want God to bless you. So we're going to go to church. We're going to bind ourselves to a church. We're going to bind ourselves to an assembly. We're going to bind ourselves to be faithful to the house of God. We're going to bind ourselves to live for God. We're going to bind ourselves to do the right things. We're going to bind ourselves. You know what you're talking about? I'm talking about making a commitment. I'm talking about stepping up to the altar and say, I'm not looking for a blue light special, but I'm willing to pay the whole price. Because when you trim it and when you cut it and you try to get a discount on this thing, it does not work. It only works whenever you come through the door. It only works when you say, yes, God, I surrender not part of my life, not some of my life, but I surrender all of my life to you. I want to do your will. Can I give you this, amen, little word here today? I want to tell you, when you're praying or when you're thinking or when you're just meditating upon the Lord, if you want to make contact with his blessings, if you'll do it right now while I'm preaching to you, if you'll just say in your heart and your mind, God, I want the altar in my life. I surrender to the altar, Lord. I want to do your will. Amen. I'm telling you, every time you do it, and if it comes out of your spirit, I'll tell you what will happen. You will feel a connection to another world. You will feel the anointing and the touch of God. Abraham understood that. That is the connecting point to where you connect. Man connects with his God. It was Jacob at old. He understood this. That was Isaac's son. Now it's passed down again. You got Abraham. You got Isaac, which is Abraham's son. Then you got Jacob, which was Jacob was Isaac's son. So here is a grandson that it's passed down to. And the God said unto Jacob, Rise and go to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household and all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. Change your garments. Change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And then the Bible said they gave him all the strange God's earrings and they got rid of it and put it under, buried it under an oak tree and Abraham, I mean, Jacob worshiped God there. He went up to Bethel to build that altar. And it was the, where he had been at first, just like Abraham. Abraham bent, built an altar. He wandered down in Egypt. Then he came back to where he had built that first altar, and he built another altar. He meant same way with uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob had wandered around to his uncle's house, and now he comes back to where he started out, and that was out at Bethel. And there, when he was in Bethel, you know the hand of God was upon him and the Spirit of the Lord speaking to his heart. And he said, this is the, when, whenever he was in the presence of God, he said, this is the gate to heaven. I was in the house of God and I didn't even know it. But he said, the house, listen to this, think about it. The house of God, he said, is the gate to heaven. You know where we're at today? We're in the gate to heaven. Amen. Somebody said, I want to go to church. Well, you've got to go through the gate. You've got to go through the door. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. I just want to go to heaven. You can't go to heaven except you go through the door. You can't go to heaven except you go through the gate. And Jacob said, the house of God is the gate to everybody say heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. He understood the importance of going back to where he started out. That consecration I had when I started is the consecration I want to hold on to. That, that commitment I made to God when I prayed through is the commitment I want to hold on to. Oh, the enemy, he will come and he will, he will try to sell you on a bargain and a bargain table and a bargain deal. And he will try to discount it, but there's no discounts in God. Amen. The same altar we started with 
is the same altar that we're going to keep and walk with God. God spoke to Moses and told him, said, Moses, I want you to build an altar. And the altar of the earth thou shalt make unto me, shall sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings, thy peace offerings, thy sheep and thine oxen. In all the places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. And if thou will make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of huge stone. For if thou lift up a tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shall thou go up the steps unto thine, mine altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. Here God is giving Moses the uh, blueprint how to build him an altar to offer up sacrifices and burnt offerings and peace offerings and the sheep and the oxen upon it. Don't, don't use a hew, hew it out. Uh, amen. Just let it be out of natural stone that you would lay. And you would lay it out, out this stone and it would be for an altar that you could sacrifice the animals. Uh, hallelujah. Which again was a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ that was to come. Joshua built an altar in the, to the Lord. And then it said of Saul that he built an altar unto the Lord. The same was the first altar that he had built unto the Lord. But nowhere else do you read in the Bible that Saul ever built, built another altar. He built that one altar unto God, but he never did go back. He didn't go back like Abraham went back. He didn't go back like uh, uh, the grandson went back. Uh, Jacob went back and built the altar again. But the Bible says that he built one altar. And this was the only altar that you ever find that Saul ever built before God. And then Joab, the scripture says that when he comes down to the end of his life, uh, he runs into the temple of God and he catches hold of the horns of the altar. He's holding on to the horns. Because the sentence has been passed upon him, he didn't follow the instructions uh, of David or of Solomon either one. And the judgment had fallen upon him that he should die. He runs into the tabernacle and he grabs hold of the horns of the altar. And he's holding on to the horns of the altar for the safety of his very life. Uh, amen. You know what? Uh, it's sad that he didn't get to the altar before then. He should have been running in there every day grabbing a hold of the horns of the altar. If he had been doing it so often in his life, uh, amen, he wouldn't have found himself in the situation that he's in. Let me tell you, church, it's still at the altar. Amen. Our victory is at the altar. Our anointing is at the altar. Our help is at the altar. Amen. But guess where is the last place on the list of the things that our flesh wants to do, guess what's on the last place of it? Amen. It's the altar. The flesh does not want to go to the altar. The flesh resists the altar. It will fight the altar. Amen. It does not want to go to the altar. But you've just got to take your flesh and say, God, I'm going to do your will. David understood this. He, he was in trouble with God. Actually, he got lifted up. He got arrogant. It, it got a hold of him, all the accomplishments and all the good things that had happened in his life. And, and trouble came up on Israel. What he had done, he had numbered Israel. And he was glorying in the fact of the great army that he had. You remember he started out with by himself. Then he, 600 men comes to the cave and, and then now he's got millions of men that are with him to go to battle and to fight. And so the judgment of God falls upon him because of this mistake that he has made. And the Bible tells us that David went to Ornan's house. He said, grant me the place of thy threshing floor that I may build my, an altar therein unto the Lord. Thou shalt grant it to me for full price, that the plague may stay from the people. And Ornan said unto David, Take it to thee, and let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. 
Lo, I give thee the oxen also for the burnt offering, the threshing instruments for wood, the wheat for the meat offering. And Ornan said this, I give it all. And King David said to him, Nay, but I will verily buy it for full price. Everybody say full price. He said, For I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer a burnt offering without cost. Listen, church, I just want to remind you there's no bargains in the house of God. The bargain is whenever you just step up to the plate. That's the real deal because that's where the real blessing, that's where the real power comes from, that's where the real help comes from is when you just step up to the plate and you say, God, hey man, I'm not trying to dodge it. I'm not trying to get around. I'm not trying to make an allowance for my flesh. I'm not trying to make an allowance for my desires. I just want to pay the full price. Wouldn't it be something today if the Holy Ghost just would sweep across this house today and every person here, amen, would see it and get the vision and all of us together and we would just say, God, I want to do your will. Everybody say, God, I want to do your will. Amen, I want to do your will. Let me, Lord, just step up to the plate. Give me the backbone, the willpower. Amen, the determination, Lord. I want your anointing in my life. Hallelujah. And the only way that you can have it and get your sins remitted and feel the victory and feel the help from God is whenever you do just what David said, amen, that he did. He said, I want to pay the full price. I want all of it, amen, in my life. Where, where is the power at today? I want to tell you where the power is at. The power is at the altar. The power is at the altar. Listen to the Apostle Paul here. He said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. He said, The wisdom of words will will take away the cross of Christ, that it's not effective. He said, for the preaching of the cross to them that perish, he said, it is foolishness. They laugh about it, that we preach about the cross. But unto us which are saved, he said, it's the power of, everybody say, the power, the power of God. See, I want to tell you today, you can go to church, or you can really go to church. You can go to church where... Hey man, where where they're they're talking about a bargain. They're talking about a deal. You just raise your right hand, join the church, you're saved, say I join and I'm I'm gonna serve God. You don't have to be baptized, you don't need to receive the baptism. In fact, you don't even ever have to come back to church and they'll keep believing that because one day you said in your heart, I accept the Lord, that you're eternally saved. Boy, that sounds good. Why waste your shoe leather? Amen. Why waste your shoe leather to come to church if you can be saved, eternally saved, and never have to come back in the house of God again? Sounds like a bargain, but I'm going to tell you, it's a bargain that won't work. Amen. And we, we understand that. Hey, I've got smart, intelligent people I'm preaching to today. It, it took me a long time to learn this. Now, I, 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 I battled with this, that, that why does something cost that much more than something else, and it, it's all the same? Amen. It's kind of like this piano. Amen. How on earth could a, could a piano cost that much? And you can get a piano over at Sam's today for probably $69. Amen. How on earth could it, could it be that? And somebody asked me that very question. They said, how on earth could a piano almost cost $100,000? And you can buy one for, like I said, $69. I said, how is it that you can buy a Ford Pinto for $11,000? And if you buy a nice car 
that it's sixty, seventy thousand dollars. A Pinto's got steering wheel, and I'm no reflection of anybody driving a Pinto today. We love Pintos around here. Amen. But it's got a steering wheel, it's got four tires, it's got a motor, it's got a horn, it's got a radio you can listen to, it's got seats to sit on, it's got a back seat, it's got a trunk. Amen. It's got a motor under the hood. It's got bumpers in front, back, headlights, tail lights, doors that open and close, windows that go up and down. But it's not a Mercedes. It's a long ways from a Mercedes. Amen. You can drive around and make yourself believe I'm driving one if you want to. Amen. And brother, I want to tell you what. You can drive around some phony, fake idea for a long time and try to make yourself believe you're saved and believe you're all right. But I want to tell you, when it comes to the real test of time and you come down that you're where David was at when he said, there is, whoo, I had never been to this place. I'm going to tell you, I remember when it happened in my life, I had never been to it. And I woke up one day and I discovered, man, I thought death was a long ways from me. And I discovered one day, man, death is, it's just, he said, one step. And I have, I have discovered that death, David said, it, there's just a step between me and death. It's amazing how you can get up and feel so good and strong and things going well in your life and happy and contented and, and, and things, you know, it, it's just like, man, I'll never die. I'll never get old. I'll never see that day. But little by little, it creeps up on all of us. And then one day you have these awakening days. Well, have you ever had one? Everybody that's ever had one, raise up your hand. Hey, Amen. It looks like most everybody that you actually woke up one day and you said, man, I, I tell you what, I could sure enough, it's real. I could die. Hey, Amen. I'm no better than the next one. It's kind of like what that doctor told me. I'd never gotten over it. <laughs> Still telling it. Hey, Amen. I was concerned about cancer and he said, uh, no, I don't think you've got cancer. But he said, I want to tell you one thing. You're not above having cancer. I said, well, thank you, doctor. Man, that's the kind of encouragement you need. And you're so nervous you can't hardly sleep at night. Somebody to tell you you're not above it, big boy. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Help us, Lord. I'm going to tell you, you won't look for a discount that day. You won't look for a phony Christian that day to pray for you. You'll be looking for somebody that you can trust in and believe in. Hey, I believe they really lived the life. Hey, I'd like for you to pray. Well, Hallelujah. Man, it sounds good. Yes, there's a lot of things in this life that sounds good. But I want you to know it will not hold water and it will not work. Amen. And, and the Bible said you preach the cross to some people. He said you preach it to people that are perishing, the ones that certainly need it. They say it's foolishness. But unto us, it's the power of God. He said, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews. It's a stumbling block. Unto the Greeks, it was foolish. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He said, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Help us, God. But the Apostle Paul said, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Again, knowing, knowing this, that the old man is crucified with him. What am I preaching about? The altar. Everybody say the altar. We're bringing ourselves to the altar and the old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for sin shall not have dominion over you for you're not under the law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? 
He said, why, no. You don't sin because you're living under grace and not under the law. They don't give you license to sin. In fact, he said, they that are of Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Did you get it? He said, we're crucified. God forbid that I should glory. It's not for my glory. Save we're only going to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. The world, you know what we need to do? We must, as Christians, we must crucify the opinions of this world. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, they said this about church. They said this about God. It don't matter what they said because we've crucified what they say. We have crucified this world. Amen. Doesn't matter what they say about the church, about the truth, because the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Hallelujah. Help us, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Where, where are we going to meet God? Where are we going to get the power of God? What makes this thing really and truthfully work? It's the altar where it works. It's the crucifying of the flesh is where it works. That's where the power comes into it. And I know that, you know, a person wants to set it aside, but you can't set aside the altar. And you can't set aside because it represents the crucifying of our flesh. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your voices with me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Speak to us over this audience today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to tell the Lord right now up in the mezzanine, all over the building, come on. Lord, I'm not looking for a bargain. I want the real thing in my life. Come on, lift up your voices with me in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the power. I thank you for the anointing. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you for the power of the Lord. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless his wonderful name. Amen. I want to show you the Old Testament. The Old Testament. Amen. Altars. Thank you, brother. Just sit right here. Amen. Stand right there. Amen. Thank you. Y'all can see me. Amen. Hallelujah. The Old Testament altars. This was the tabernacle and the plan that God gave Moses in the wilderness. Amen. Put this one right, right here, brother. Amen. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God gave Moses this plan in the wilderness. Put it right there. Thank you, brothers. Amen. The first altar, and it was this is set up like it was in the days of Moses because it was facing the east. And they had the outer court, and they had the tapestry that hung, the curtain that hung around the outer court. And, uh, and then facing the east was the, that the entrance to the tabernacle that God had given Moses in the wilderness. And this is where, where men would bring their sacrifice. They'd bring the lamb, the sheep, goat, and whatever they would bring that they were having to offer up to God. 
and they would come. Of course, when they got up in the morning, the sun was shining right on the entrance to that uh, tabernacle. And uh, they would go through the tapestry. The first thing that they would see would be the altar. This was the where the sacrifice was made and the, it was totally consumed depending on what offering they were offering up. And, uh, but it was the first altar that they would meet when they walked inside into the outer court, into the inner court. This is the first thing that they would see is that altar of sacrifice. And then the next thing would be the laven of water where the sacrifice was washed and the priest would wash his hands. And then there was a holy place and there was a building or curtain that hung around, creating a room around these three chairs. And, uh, and the priest would go in. This On this right side would represent uh, the table of shoe bread. On the left would be the candlestick, the golden seven golden candles burning uh, that would give light, that would glisten off the uh, tapestries that were hung in that room of cherubims that had been woven out of a gold thread. It must have been a beautiful sight to behold. And then behind that was the altar of incense. And then behind the altar of incense hung another curtain that separated these two rooms. And this was the most holy room. And this was the uh, piece of furniture that Israel, of course, treasured the most. It was the Ark of the Covenant. It had two angels uh, on, on top of this chest, and they were their wings were touching at the top, and under it was the mercy seat. Inside of it was where he said, put these things to help you to remember. Put, put the Ten Commandments inside there. Uh, the pot of manna, Aaron's rod would be put inside of this chest, and then on top of it would be the mercy seat with the cherubims hanging over it. And then this is where the high priest only went one time of year after he had properly prepared himself. And around his garment robe was uh, pomegranates and bells made gold. And they would hear the ringing of the bells as he went behind this huge veil that separated these two rooms. And he would come in there and sprinkle blood up on the mercy seat making an atonement for the sins of man. And as long as they could hear those bells ringing, they knew he was all right and that God was accepting. And then the presence of God would come down there to meet with man. So it was a, a beautiful thing, which becomes a type and a shadow of our wonderful Bible plan of salvation. You know what the first altar represents? The first altar represents repentance. This is where the animal would die. This is where we come and we die. This is the altar where we die out to the world. We die out to our own ideas and opinions. And, well, it just seems good. And it, it, it doesn't look like to me it would hurt. And it doesn't seem that it would bother anything. This is the altar we put it on. This is where we take Isaac to. And we lay Isaac there. And we bind him to that altar. And then the next altar, a laven of water, which is a type and a shadow of the baptism in the wonderful name of Jesus. And we're baptized. We're buried with Christ. When we die, amen, then we get buried. Hallelujah. And then... Thank God for the word of the Lord that's preached to us. Thank God for the candlesticks, the light of the word, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, uh, hallelujah, that, that shines in our path. Thank God for the, the presence of God. And then that brings us to the point of where we offer up incense to God, which is a type of the shadow of our prayers, our worship, amen, that God would accept our worship unto him. And then that opens the door for us to enter into this most holy part, which is the Ark of the Covenant, which is a type and a shadow of the infilling of the Spirit of God, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for it today. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands. Amen. Oh, bless that wonderful name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, here's the problem. 
Everybody, everybody in their right mind wants to get to the Ark of the Covenant. Everybody wants to get, amen, to feel the presence of God. Everybody wants the blood of Jesus Christ to cover their life and their sins. And they want that hope of eternal life. Everybody, everybody wants that part. Amen. But nobody wants the first altar up here. There's nobody's flesh on this earth that says, oh, I'm just dying to get on the altar. I'm just dying to fast tomorrow. I'm just dying to go to prayer meeting. Amen. I can't hardly wait. No, not your flesh. You know enough about God, and finally you have knowledge of God, and you've seen God work enough until you say, whoo, I can't hardly wait to do it because I know it works. Amen. I know what a blessing there will be in it, so I can't hardly wait to get back to prayer meeting tonight where I can die, (laughs) where I can surrender to God. Amen. I can't wait. But the flesh never, never, never. Hallelujah. But this is what happens. People, people, that religion has figured out a way that they can, they, they say, we've escaped all this. You know, this is not relevant to being saved. So they go around that altar. And it, it, baptism, well, that's kind of iffy stuff. You know, I don't see what the purpose of, of one man uh, going in the water and another stand dry and him wet and and one gets wet and the other one stays dry and he ducks this one and that one and he comes up. Amen. I don't see, see that. So that's not only important. We'll, if anything, we'll just take a little water in a glass and throw a little water on him and that, that, that's, that's good enough. You know, it, it's that, that one is the hardest one for me to understand because Jesus that did not even need to be baptized did not even need to be baptized. Peter said he got baptized Peter said it. Why did you get baptized, Lord? You knew no sin. You did no sin. And John didn't even want to baptize him. And Peter said he got baptized that he'd be an example. He'd be an example that you are to get baptized. I mean, how are we going to stand before God and we hadn't even been baptized? What hope could we ever have of standing before him? And Jesus himself was baptized. And then somebody come along, some discount religious house, some Sam Walton deal. Amen. Some some cut it half in two deal. Now you might be able to buy quality by the train load, and that's what Sam understood, and that's what he did, and get a better price. Amen. But I want to tell you what, you can't take away the quality of it and then think you're getting a deal. You're not. You're only getting cheated. Hallelujah. So, man, go around, they, they, go around the, they go around the altar, the burnt offering, the sacrifice. They go around baptism, and they discount the Word of God. And most people like this clapping religion a little bit and singing the songs of Zion and they think they can escape all the way around. I'm going to just get back here. This is a deal. This is where I'm trying to get to anyway. I just want to be saved and I just want his presence. But I want to tell you to be saved, you got to come through. You got to come through the door. He said, if you build up any other way, Jesus called us. He said, you're a thief and you're a robber if you try to come up any other way. I'm glad we saw the door one day. Everybody stand together. Hallelujah. Ask the Lord to help us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we believe you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. I'd like to ask you to close your eyes today. I'd like to ask you to pray with me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen. I'm not looking for a bargain. Come on, tell him. Amen. Would you tell him today? Would you tell him? Lord, I'm not looking for a bargain. I'm looking to pay the full price. I want the full benefit of salvation. I want the full benefit of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because one of these days I'm going to face you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what you're doing when you do that? You're crucifying your flesh. You're crucifying your flesh. 
Tell him right now, Lord, I'm willing to crucify my flesh. I'm willing to do your will. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Come on, I want you to join up with someone. I don't feel what I want to feel here today. In the name of the Lord, I'm believing, I believe with all my heart, the Lord laid this on my heart for this service today. And I believe there's somebody that's come here that in their own way, amen, standing in this audience today, amen, you're going to make up in your mind, amen, that you will have seen the light and understood the importance of not seek for something oh cheap but oh be willing to pay the full price come on ask God right now in the name of the Lord I believe you today God oh I believe you today God oh I believe you today God in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, come on, cry out to the Lord together in Jesus' name. I believe you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. I'll say yes. How many will say yes today? To your will and to your way, God. Come on, make it ring out. I'll say yes. Oh, oh, yes, Lord. I will trust you. Come on, lift up your voices and sing it to the Lord. When your spirit speaks to Oh, you feel your spirit speaking to you? Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. And my answer will be yes, Lord. Come on. Hallelujah. Everybody sing it again together. Everybody join in. I'll I'll say yes. Lord, close your eyes to the Lord today and tell him your will and to your way. Oh, yes. I'll say say yes. yes. Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart I'll agree and my answer will be yes Lord yes in closing today let me tell you today if you want to find God build an altar and start at that first altar and say, God, there's nothing in this life that I won't put on that altar. There's nothing. Hey, I I know, I know, you know, I live in this flesh too. And did you know within yourself, you can't do what I've preached today. Man does not have power to do what I've preached The only thing you can do, this is what you could do, is physically take yourself and bring yourself to the altar. And then the miracle has to come from God. That you would ever die has to come from God. That you'd ever surrender has to come from God. All you can do is say, Lord, I see what the pastor's preaching about, but my flesh is stubborn and it's unwilling. But here I come, Lord, and I surrender. And then when you do that, the miracle takes place. Takes place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You got it? You believe it? Amen. And so when the devil tells you, don't go to the altar, you say, get behind me, Satan. I'm going to go to the altar. At least I can get you to a prayer meeting. I can't pray. The Bible said we can't pray except the Spirit prays through us. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what to ask for. But 
we can get ourselves to the altar. And if you just get up in the morning and get to the altar and let the Holy Ghost do the rest of the work, then the Holy Ghost can work through you and it can touch your life. And you know what happens? That's man and God meeting. Where are you going to meet at? The grocery store? Downtown? No. You're going to meet him at an altar. That'll be your first encounter of God is when you get to the altar. And then that's when the miracle begins to happen in your life. In Jesus' name, I believe you today, Lord. Amen. Touch our spirits today, Lord. In the name of the Lord, touch our spirits today, Lord. I want you to say it right now to the Lord. Lord, I want to go to the altar. Amen. I want to go to the altar, Lord, because I want, I want to have that encounter with you. Come on, right where you're standing right now. Hallelujah. Ask him right now. Lord, I want to go to the altar. Hallelujah. I can't do any more than that, Lord. My flesh is weak. Come on, talk to him right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I want to do your will. Mold me and shape me after your plan, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Look upon my feebleness, Lord. Look upon my shortcomings, Lord. Hallelujah. I can't fix myself. You'll just have to fix me. Come on. I feel the fixer in the house today. I feel the helper in the house today. Amen. Lord, you'll just have to fix me. I can't fix myself in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Pray together right now, church, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, oh, yes, I'll Lord. say yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way I'll say yes, Lord, yes I will trust you and obey When your spirit speaks to me With my Yes, Lord. Yes, 
I say yes, Lord. Oh, oh just lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hearts right now all over this building and just say yes, Lord. You're going to feel better. You're going to feel a load lift off your shoulders. Just the saying yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Oh, I'll say yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, yes. Thank you, Lord. To your Somebody, God's been good in my life, brother, sister. And obey when your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart. I'll agree, and my answer will be yes, Lord. Shall ever be 
Thank you. 